Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your guide's love podcast. I am Haley. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Diva Moshe back, and she is a tantra teacher and relationship coach. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Debbie Maisha. <laughs> it's okay. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be back, even though I got your name wrong. <laughs> Um, okay, so we were talking before about, you know, with everything going on this year, going to, I've noticed that the censorship is happening, but is, has it been getting worse? I don't know if it's getting worse or better. I know, I think, it's, I personally, I think it's getting worse, but uh, I know I've been banned. This, this is my fourth time being banned on Facebook. And this time I was banned, I, was, I didn't even post a, it wasn't even a sexual picture. It was um, people, like fully clothed people uh there wasn't the word sexual in it the word tantra was in it and that must be what triggered it so i was banned i just i was just banned for 30 days for reposting a post that i had posted on facebook two years ago so i'd already posted it it was in my memories i reposted it and i got banned for 30 days so when i got back on i went to post uh, a picture for a, an, an event an online event that's actually happening tonight. And as soon as I posted the picture, I was banned for another 30 days. And the picture you said is clothes. Yeah, yeah, it's from the, when I was doing a, the meet and greet for Black Tantra Group. So we're all like, we've all got our clothes on. It's just people sitting around in the living room. Uh, the only thing is it says Black Tantra Group in it. There was nothing about sex, sensuality. I, I, I think it says relationships, but Nonetheless, I got banned. Um, and I have a few friends who've been banned often as well for posting anything. So that's that's been frustrating me. Like it's just been frustrating me in terms of, not just from a business perspective. Um, I was running groups on Facebook. I literally had to find ways to contact people and move my groups off Facebook. So I will never run a paid group on Facebook again ever i can't because i don't know i don't know when i will be banned from there um so the, yes it affects business but it's also a, a freedom of speech issue mm -hmm. there are tons of things that are posted on facebook that are hateful and violent and you know the idea that one can't say the word sex that people have to put backwards ease in or asterisks in it's it's it, it, it it's like, it just, it pisses me off, to be honest. Yeah, and I'm sure the people listening can relate on this. Like, I've noticed that too a lot with the people in this industry, and it's, um, do you know J.P. Sears? You know that comedian? Yeah, so he mentioned censorship in one of his, um, his videos. So I think it's great that people are communicating about this, because you're right, it's a basic uh, right that we all have as Americans, and we should be able to say whatever we want. And all of us, we're promoting good things. It's not like we're, you know, documenting anything crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's, it's very weird because I, I noticed that Facebook and Instagram have these rules, you know, because they're owned by the same company, Facebook. They have these rules around what's sexually, first of all, my posts are usually flagged for adult solicitation even though this that's that's usually the warning that I've gotten and that's that's their reasoning for why I'm I'm banned it's it's it falls under adult solicitation um 
But I noticed that, you know, although these posts are not wanted, they somehow are the posts that get the most traction. So whether it's on Facebook or on Instagram, however their algorithms work, if you do post something that seems kind of sexual, those are the posts that somehow get the most eyes. You post something else, not as many people. So it, it just, it kind of goes back into this idea in this country that it's like, have sex, but don't talk about it. Do it, but kind of in secret. We don't want it out in the open, you know, just handle it under the covers, which yeah. leads to the reasons why we have the issues that we have, because we can't actually talk about it openly. But if you somehow post about it, everyone's gravitating towards it. The accounts on Instagram that have so many followers are usually talking about sex, you know, so clearly there's a need for it. Clearly people need to discuss it. So why not do it out in the open in a way that actually makes it better for everyone? Yeah, I agree with you about that. It's so interesting. I think that people are craving knowledge, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, they need it. They are, I'm still blown away when I, talk to people about certain things, just anatomy and, and the, the amount of women who don't know their body parts, just women. So definitely men don't, you know, and that's a lack of communication and education. The amount of people who are having issues in their sex lives. And again, no one is actually talking to them about these things. And they're coming to people like you or to people like me because they want to know but at the same time, it's like, but don't make it like common knowledge. It's so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Okay, so talking about this kind of relates to people having communication issues, because I'm sure you've worked with people, and I've definitely worked with people, where they can't even discuss sex. So how are we going to improve this problem in our society if we can't talk about it? Agreed. And it's still... Like I'm seeing more and more the idea that women have been like put in two main categories. You know, it's still this like Madonna whore thing. It's like this split that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so there are people, there are women getting into relationships thinking they can't bring all their freak <laughs> to the relationship, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Because he's going to feel insecure. Right. And sadly, a lot of men do feel insecure because the wife is not supposed to be that way. All the girls they slept with before the wife are supposed to be that way. And so then you get into this marriage and then your sex is kind of boring. And then people end up looking for excitement outside of it. And now and we have problems and issues. And I'm just like, what? how does that make any sense? Like, yeah. don't talk to your partner about all of your fantasies, about everything that you're thinking about. But, well, that leads into shame. So, <laughs> You're right about that. And I think that um, it is interesting. You know, I had a girlfriend over at dinner last night, and I was telling her some of my best sexual experiences had been with people that I barely knew. So part of that kind of makes me realize what you just said, the fact that, we kind of talked a little bit. We were both really open with each other. And we, it's like, let's do it. Yeah. There's a, there's a sense of freedom with that, you know, because the, the, there aren't a lot of expectations or just the expectation of good sex. You're not worried about what the other person is going to think 
about you, you know, or anything like that. And I think people get caught up in that a lot. What are they going to think about me if I tell them X, Y, and Z? I, in this, um, I'm in a, it's a little WhatsApp group, but for uh, like poly, well, not they're not poly, but swingers and like BDSM kink folk. And we were talking about, um, do you talk about sexual stuff like upfront or do you tell people upfront that you're into swinging or do you tell people upfront that you're into kink? And my answer is always yes. Like that's, that's within the first one to two times that we're meeting and people are always like, well, you shouldn't talk about sex upfront because then that sets the expectation. And I'm kind of like, isn't that an expectation eventually? Are you expecting to meet someone and get into a loving relationship that's sexless? Because if that's the case, then we're not going out on a date. We're just kind of going to meet and hang out and be friends, which is perfectly fine. But if I'm meeting you and there's the idea down the road that this can happen, you should know what it is now. So then we can decide now, uh, you know, yeah, let's definitely just be friends. But I'm not going to wait and reel you in and make it a thing and then say, you know, I really like to be choked three months into the thing. I think that that's a little cruel because now the person is blindsided by who I, they, I really am and they think that they were dating someone false. So I'm always like, no, you talk about that stuff up front. Just get it out the way. Just say who you are. Yeah, I think um, you're right about that. And it's almost like, and I, I love that you say it, say it up front because I was talking with a man recently. He was really into BDSM, but his wife isn't. So then you kind of deal with that issue where one person's like, um, I really want to do this. And then the other person's like, no. So how, how do people deal with that? Right. That's a, that's a great question. And because me personally, I couldn't deal with that. Right. <laughs> right. And so, you know, here, here, here are the options for that. You can allow your partner to have a partner that they carry out the BDSM kink with, right? Because that's not, there's no sex involved in that, right? So they can have a partner that that's the fun that they have. You can decide that the two of you are not going to be together in a relationship because it's just not something that you can do at all. Or you can decide to explore it and see where your limits and your levels are. Those are really kind of the options. The issue with the first option is that people get afraid. They think they're, they're, their mate, their lover, their whoever is their possession. And if they let someone else bring them pleasure in any other way, then that person is going to snatch them from them. And so because of that insecurity, it's like, well, you can't practice BDSM stuff with someone else outside of me. You might like it too much and you might walk away from me. So I have to keep you here with me, which means you don't get what you want and we're both miserable. Yep. Or it's, you know, we part, which nobody wants to do that, right? Because no, I like how you make me feel. And then it's the third option of, well, let's try it together, which would be great, but then people have their own in, internal fears around that. One of those three options has to be addressed. And again, it comes back to communication, just being open and honest with, with who you are. Yeah, I think that's so important because you're right about that. It's, it's like we have these weird problems down our society. I'm sure you've noticed this too where all these couples aren't having sex and everybody's miserable and it's just like, ah, eh, whatever, we'll just stay miserable. Instead of being like upfront where, for the people listening that are single, why not upfront in the first few dates you say, hey, listen, like this is what I'm really into sexually. If you're not, 
then we don't need to go further. We can just be friends. Can just be friends. People think it's they it's it's an expectation that sex just drops. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally it's just an expectation. Now, you know, when women have children, sex does drop, especially like the first two to three years. That's a natural thing that happens. And then naturally, as the body changes and grows, like it'll come back up again. There there are phases to women and no one's telling men that which is why men feel perplexed when their wife pops out a baby and nine months later, they're like, we're still not having sex like we used to. Yeah, because their body's still recovering from that, right? So I think men need to understand that and and know what that's like. Mm -hmm. But even with all of that, people think it's normal to be married 10, 15 years and it's just, yeah, we have sex twice a month and that's just what it is because that's what all my friends are doing and that's just what married life is. And I'm like, no, that's not what married life is. That's what it's become, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know? So I I think it does, it goes back to this understanding of, I think it really goes back to that whole Madonna whore thing where it's like, if I'm the wife, I can't be freaky like that. I'm like, you better get some lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You better like do a stripper dance or something, not, and it's not even so much for him, yeah. right? Cause that's great, but do it for you. Cause the thing is, is that when we do that sexy stuff for us, men get turned on. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, they like, he's turned on just watching you do it. Like it didn't have to be for him. It's for you. And then, and then it expands out from there. Yes. I so agree with you. I actually believe that too, that really lingerie is for a woman. It's for us getting into our body. That's why the pole dancing. Yeah. I've just been buying it. Buying what? Yeah. Well, you said buying what? Lingerie. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. I've just been buying myself yeah because i love it i just i've gotten and i've and i found these little funky little boutiques of you know i mean COVID has made all these little businesses pop up everywhere which is great for them but bad for everyone else but i've been you know like on instagram i see all these little ads and i'm just buying like the the raunchiest stuff and it's just it's so much fun just and it's just there it's just there i just i like it for me you know what i mean and if someone else gets an opportunity to see me in it Yay. But it's really for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I agree with you about that. It's so funny. I have, I, I guess I have that in my subconscious mind too, because it's, it's so ingrained in our society, how we've had the belief, oh, when you get married, everything's downhill. When really that's just a belief. You can have amazing, like incredible sex until you die. I guess, please. I, I hope that people do. And they really don't talk about it. Yeah, and they really don't talk about it. I mean, I had a um, a man actually uh, message me on Instagram. I, I posted something. I don't remember what it was, but he messaged me because he enjoys when his wife, you know, gives him oral sex. Like he he loves it. He really mm-hmm. likes, it, but she doesn't do it often. And he's like, she only does it when I ask. He's like, but I don't want to ask because. You know, I don't, I don't know if it's, she's doing it because she likes to do it or she's doing it because I'm just asking her to do it. And he, the thing is, is that he really just didn't know how to communicate it to her, you know, in a way that helped her to understand. So I gave him some things that he could say, you know, to help her understand. And, and as I'm typing to him, I'm realizing 
you know, men probably have a lot to say, but they, they really, they don't, they don't know what to say to, to women. And then I talk to like my guy friends and they'll tell me something that they said. And I'm like, no, man, it's just, you don't say it like that. <laughs> like, like that's just going to piss her off. And you don't say it in a way that makes it sound like it's her fault. Now she's not going to do anything, you know, because she's going to piss you off now because you said it that way. And, and they're like, well, what was I supposed to say? And then I tell them like, and they're like, like, it's so much for them. It's too many words. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I told him like, you know, I said, uh, uh, gosh, I'm paraphrasing. Basically I was like, um, say to her, you know, you know, I really love when, when you go down on me. Like, I, I absolutely love it. Um, when I have to ask you to do it, I'm not sure if it's something that you really want or if you're only doing it for me. And then I, I'm not able to enjoy it as much. Right. Because I'm not sure if you're really into it and I want to do it if you're really into it. And he's like, oh, great. That's, that's great. Thank you. But I can see how that's difficult for a lot of men to, to, that's not how their brains think. First of all, it's a lot of I statements, right? This is how I feel versus this is what you did. And as a society, we're very big on what you did. So it's a lot of, this is what, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that happens that makes me feel this way. And I would love it if you did more of it because it makes me feel like X, Y, and Z when you do it. So then when she hears that, it's kind of like, oh my God, he really likes this. You know, how, how can I make this better for him? You know, but I can see how it's hard for a lot of men to kind of wrap their brain around that type of response to a woman. Yeah, no, I liked how you rephrased that because I think that, yeah, it all goes back to the fact that none of us, none of us know any of this, like nothing's taught. And it's all about just constantly learning and being open to wanting to grow in this area. Okay, so what about Polly? What about it? <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Okay, so I think it's becoming more and more open. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people on the podcast that are. I think people are really curious about it. Yeah. And I still feel like there's shame around that too. Yeah, especially for women, especially for women. So yeah, I, I am I am definitely of the polyamorous camp. Um, I have been in monogamous relationships, uh, and but for for me, being in a, a monogamous relationship always feels like I'm being constrained. Like it, I, it feels like I'm boxed in, and I try to do it well, and I can do it well, but I I always feel like I'm I got to be like this. Um, so I love the freedom that polyamory offers. Uh, and there's so many different ways to do it. So I, I am single, um, but I enjoy, like if, if I had a relationship choice, it would probably be polyandry, which is, you know, like I would have a, a couple of guys that I would be in a relationship with, but I don't wanna get married to any of them and I don't need to live with any of them. I don't wanna do all of that stuff, um, which also would put me kind of in the category of relationship anarchist and i hate all these labels but they seem to make people feel better um and so that's why i say them so there there's so many different ways to be in an open relationship there are no there is not a way to do it and i tell people all the time whether they're monogamous and i've had the same conversation with people who are monogamous or people who are polyamorous the rules are the same you're just doing it with more people honesty communication like it doesn't it doesn't change like you can cheat 
in polyamory. You know what I mean? You can be just as dishonest there as well. And if you enjoy having lots of sex with different people, that does not make you polyamorous. It does make you a swinger, which is nothing wrong with that, but they're not the same thing. Um, but I, I enjoy the freedom of it and I enjoy having the choice of it. And I love when I'm seeing a guy and his other lovers know that he's seen me. I, I, I've been the mistress. I hate the, 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 the sneaking around. I hate the lying. I, I don't, it does not feel good to me in the least. I love when I'm with a man and whoever he's with knows I'm with him. Like to me, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how you say that because I agree. I think it's, it's just so important for communication and all that because it's like if people did that, so many relationship problems wouldn't exist. Why do you think people don't do that? They don't think they can? Fear. There, there's a, people are afraid. I think people are afraid of being alone. I think people have been taught that you're not anything until you are in, a, you know, in a coupling. Uh, you know, you, you know, yeah, just the two of you. Um, and so people are willing to do anything to hold on to that and to hold on to that idea. And there's something to be said for the stability that, that comes from, um, you know, a monogamous relationship that people are craving and looking for, which is completely understandable. The problem is, is that, that the desire for that stability sometimes, well, oftentimes I think gets warped and because it does becomes this must have, people are then willing to lie, cheat, steal in order to keep it and live more from like this ego-centered version of the facade of who they think they're supposed to be versus who they actually are. Mm. Yeah, because it seems like, um, I think monogamy is great. It comes with what you were saying, like stability, safety, all that. But then it seems like people lose the freedom and the being free and the uh, variety. Like there's so many other things that they don't have. So, wow, that is true. Yeah, there's a lot of, there seems to be a lot of possessiveness that goes along with that. And the possessiveness, is, it comes from fear. The fear that, the fear that I might lose you. And if I lose you, you know, I might be alone. If I lose you, I wasn't good enough. If I lose you, it's, it's saying all these things about me. There's all this story behind that instead of, you know, I didn't lose you. This was our relationship. This was what it was. This was the classroom I was in. And now it's time to switch class. You know, <laughs> but people don't want to, if they're, they don't, if, if, I think if everyone looked at relationships that way, even if they decided to like stay together, they would work a little bit differently, right? Versus like, I mean, I know that there are women who are like, okay, I'm married, I'm done. I got him, that's it. I can sit back now. And it's like, no, no, you just started. But really? Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's just starting. And if you always have this, not this idea in the back of your mind of I'm gonna lose them, so I need to do these things because that's fear-based. But if you always have the idea in the back of your mind of how can I make this the best experience possible for me while I'm in it? 
that while I'm in it can last 40 years, you know, because you were thinking about it. Yeah, because it seems like, um, you know, my parents are about to hit 50 years coming up. I know that's insane. I'm like, whoa, that's insane. But I also think it goes back to the belief that our society applauds and it is like, wow, years? Like, wow, they made it so many years. When we don't really, like for me, the older I get, the more I'm looking for quality. Mm. Ooh, say more about that. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay, so quality in terms of, and even with friends, just every area of my life, the older I get, quality in terms of quality experiences, quality connection, um, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, on all levels in every area of my life. And how is this, how are we, like, is it constantly growing in that place? Not, yay, we've been together 20 years and for 10 of them, I hated you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I love that. It's so true. Um, as I'm reading this book right now, Sex at Dawn. Oh yeah, I've heard of that, yes. It's, it's, it's I recommend it to everyone, it's, it's mind opening. But they do talk about that in the beginning of the, the book, this idea that people measure success in terms of years. And, you know, so I would always see these memes, you know, we need to stay together like my grandparents did, you know, 60 years relationship used to be that way. And I'm like, yeah, but people who got married in the, 20, in the, in the 20s, 30s and 40s and, and in the 50s and it probably it wasn't people didn't start getting married for romance until like the 60s or 70s you know that generation before that you didn't get married for that you got married for duty you got married for procreation you got married because it was a thing to do so if it was 1937 and you're making the assumption that your grandparents loved each other like you're thinking about like the movies now they had great like for each other they had great respect for each other they raised children together and yes they had a deep connection and and, a, and an agape love for each other but if you're thinking that they had some hot and steamy romance or that you know the sex was off the chain most likely that was not the case and people forget how a lot of women felt back and and during those times of being married forever and how divorce was not an option no matter who was doing what to whom and so you just stayed married so the idea that anyone's grandparents were married for 65 years, what I think is wonderful, was that 65 years of yes, or is it 65 years of I can't wait till one of us dies? Mm, yeah. I don't want that second option. And I would rather like you be with someone for an awesome five years, you know, than 65 years of hell. And then there are the people who are like, but you know, you have to work through things. And so then this gets into this idea of there's a difference between working through an issue and suffering. And, and I'm not a believer in the suffering at all. Like we can work through it. And if we can come to an understanding, that's great. But the idea of suffering just to be in a marriage or staying for the kids and then just getting divorced when they're in their 20s. That's actually more devastating, research has shown, by the way. Um, I'm not, again. It's actually more devastating when people stay together for the kids and then divorce when they're adults mm. than it is when children are younger. Because when they're younger, there's more resiliency. They have a chance to come to, to bounce back, especially if their parents are mature. The problem isn't the divorce. The problem is that people don't divorce amicably and they get all like, nya, 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 nya. that's what damages the children right? Going to visit one parent here, one parent there. 
they can deal with that. It's the other stuff that comes along with divorce. But when people divorce when their kids are older, then the kids have this idea of thinking, my parents were miserable because of me. Mm. And that's my fault. I made them stay that long, even if they're adults. And then it's, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have kids because I don't want to do that to my kids. You know, and their parents weren't honest. Their parents lied to them. Then they feel like their whole life was a lie. The family pictures were a lie. All the happy smiles were a lie. Mm -hmm. So that actually causes more damage because it wasn't truthful to them later on. Yeah, you make a great point. I'm sure the people are listening are like, whoa, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, I've been talking to a lot of men recently that are all in Texas relationships and it's fascinating to me how they all want to work on it, but then the woman doesn't. Really? How? How so? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think part of me, you know, I was kind of thinking like maybe it's just because the woman doesn't know what great sex is, you know? I was kind of thinking that. Like maybe she doesn't know um, what, maybe she's just really shut down. Like that's what I was kind of thinking. Because the men tell me, man, you know, we spent all these years together. I really want to make it work. I want to, you know, we've devoted so much time. Yeah. Kind of what you're saying, we don't want to you know, get divorced since it's been too many years. Right. But it's also like, well, you can't keep going on the way you're going. Wow. So the women are really feeling like, yeah, what do they, do they even know what's shutting them down? Do their, do, do the men know what it is? I mean, no. The are they not talking the about? women that I've noticed, it's, they put all these other things in the way of that, mm -hmm. right? That's one thing I love about, People need to put the relationship at the center, then everything else, right? They put career, kids, obligation, maybe their parents, whatever, all this other stuff, and then they put themselves and their partner. So it's like sex is something you do at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired, so we maybe do it in the morning. <laughs> oh my God. So, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. I. I've seen, well, not seen, but yes, I've heard similarly. And I, yeah, I am perplexed why as women in 2020, given that we are supposed to feel like we have so much freedom, mm -hmm. why we still feel the need to have to do it all, everything, and why we think that our relationship is not... A, a priority because it was a priority in getting the guy like when you talk to any it's a priority then I mean you don't you, you know the hair the clothes the all the all the things to get him to be like this is the woman I want to be with for the rest of my life and yeah. then you get there and then men are like yeah for the rest of my life it's going to be like this and she's like okay great we're here so now this is what we're doing he's like what, what happened to all that there so I, I'm interested to, to know why do women think that we still have to carry all that burden of doing all that? And why do we not continue what we were doing beforehand during the marriage? Like, yeah, what shifts? I think it's because the fact that women burn themselves out. Like I've noticed this personally in the past that I did this. It's like, you're right. We can't do it all physically. And yet women are still programmed to believe that we can and so then they're not taking good care of themselves. Gotcha. No, I can understand that because, you know, I think, I know that as a, as a mom, when my kids were little, I felt this need to, to, well, 
there are certain things I felt the need that I always had to do. And there were other things that just completely went to the wayside. Like my kids never had a birthday party, right? I wasn't doing it. I, I didn't feel the need to try to find classmates and send out invitations. And, you know, there seemed to be this one-upmanship with that with moms. I didn't want to be a part of that group. But when it came to everything in the house, like I felt like I had to be on top of everything all the time. And even when just like discovering, I discovered Instacart and stuff before COVID. (laughs) But it was weird at first, right? Because I was like, shouldn't I be going to the grocery store? (laughs) Like, it was like, who think, like, why? Why should I be going to the grocery store? Right. So, and I noticed like little, little pieces like that. So I I can't imagine if you're, if you're a woman who thinks that you have to do all of these things, because nowadays I tell women, you know, uh, you can pay someone else to do this stuff for you. Like free up your time. Mm -hmm. And if you think to yourself, well, I shouldn't have to pay someone or, you know, um, I'm supposed to have to to do it. I always go look at it this way. You're helping someone else to support their family, right? I tip the Instacart person, they're getting paid, they've got a job and I can sit at home and spend some time with my kids or go out and do it. When I'm away, I order them food, right? I don't have to worry about it. So it's, it's interesting because we still do think that we have to like manage everything and, and it's like we're lazy if we don't do it all. Yeah, I think it all goes back to that. It must be the 1950s housewife thing. Is that what that is? Yeah. It is. It still exists. That still exists. Yeah, because that is so programmed in us. You know, I'm from the South, and I remember my grandmother was that, serving my grandfather. And just, and so I think that it's just molded into us on such a deep subconscious level for all women. And I'm so glad that that's we're tearing that down because you're right about that. Pay someone to do it. Like, come on. Yeah. Cause you will get burnt out. I mean, if you're getting up early in the morning and you think that you have to make your kids a, a t- whatever breakfast every morning and you've got to, you know, get all of this stuff ready for them. First of all, ask your partner for some help. Right. Which is a thing that we as women have to learn how to do. Cause it's like, we won't ask for help because we think that we're the only person who can do it correctly. Yeah. And I know because I've been guilty of doing that. I would ask my ex-husband to do something and then it's really, it's true. It's like, never mind, I'll just do it myself, you yeah. know, and, and do it pissed, you know, because it's like, now I'm doing it like that. And he's like, I said I was going to do it. Yeah, but I, I wanted it done yesterday. I wanted it done this way. Sometimes you just got to let it go. You know, just, just, just let it go. Because when, as we, when we feel like we have to do everything and we have to do it right. And we're the only ones who know how to do it, then resentment builds and a resentful woman does not want to have sex. Yes, yes, yes. I so agree with you about that. Dry pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Like past dry, whatever that is. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't want to have sex with the person that you think is just like taking you for granted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's something that we need to shift. How how we shift that? I don't know. Mm, yeah, you're right. Because I've been the resentful person before too. Um, yeah. No, this is good stuff. It's it's you know. I think about couples who I see or know that have really healthy relationships and healthy sex lives. Mm -hmm. And I look at how they communicate with each other. 
And it's so different than what normal couples do. It's so involved. It would, and, and if normal couples looked at, you know, mainstream couples looked at it, they would probably be like, that's a lot. That's, that's too much. The thing is, is that over time, it becomes easier to do. You know, at first it seems like it's just, it's tedious, the, the back and forth of the questions. I, I know one couple who, um, uh, they were at a sacred sexuality retreat and they were, they were teaching. Um, it's Lori Handlers and Michael Gibson. And they were, they were showing us a bubble that they create whenever there's an issue. And we're just looking like, you know, and they're both standing facing each other and they breathe together and they do like this whole arm thing that they did like a couple of times, like creating this whole sacred space. And then they begin the conversation. Or some couples will talk and they say, if you have a disagreement, do it while you're like hugging each other or holding each other's hands. So there's a connection between the two of you. That's not what most couples do. No, you're right. I had a woman tell me recently, she said, our best sex is drunk. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm like, oh, it's so sad. I mean, drunk sex is great sex, but if it's always, or the only way to have the good sex is drunk sex, then yeah, no, no. Some people don't even know how they're, spouses like to be kissed or their partners or whatever they I, literally they don't know how they want to be kissed and somebody's like i hate when he kisses me that way did you tell him i can't tell him all right well don't tell him i hate when you kiss me that way right don't say that you know say i like when you kiss me this way instead then they'll do that all the time but people don't even tell their partners that mm, you're right about that i've noticed but i think part of the reason that a lot of women have told me that is because the men, their ego gets. Yes. Yeah. Their egos do get hurt. I, I, and I, I've run into some men who have been willing to admit this, that, that women's, men's egos are actually more fragile than, than women's when it comes to that stuff. Oh, way fragile, yeah. Yeah. You know, women, we go through heartbreak and it's devastating and we're hurt and we rally our friends around us and we eat chocolate or ice cream or whatever it is that we do, you know, and we're, and we're fine. Like we are, we're fine. A man loves a woman and that woman breaks his heart. So he's ruined. <laughs> like it is so hard for him. Like, cause it's like, it's like men think of things in terms of winning and losing. And it's like to lose, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to them you know, to know that they didn't do something. And this, this is such proof in so many ways of how, how the masculine is really here to be in service to the feminine. It's, and it's not, it's not a, you know, I serve you like, like you're not a servant. That's, that's different, Mm -hmm. but men want to make women happy men like it, it, it it's like a it's a drive that they have to do these things to bring us joy it's it's not quite the same for us right but it's a drive they have and if they don't feel like they've accomplished that in some way then then yeah their their ego is really hurt by that so it's important for us to be careful about how we say these things to them but they really they really want they really want that when they're 
when they're not getting all caught up in the other, you know, BS. Mm, yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, so what do you want people to take away from this conversation? Please, please, please talk to your, your partners, whether it's a one night stand or it's going to be a 10 year relationship, please communicate with them. Let them know who you are. It's okay if they're, they're not the person for you. Everybody's not for everybody. And don't be afraid to lose the person that you're with. Don't hide yourself out of fear of losing the person you're with because then you'll just be building a relationship. That's a lie. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So where can everybody find you? They can find me on Instagram right now because apparently that's the only place that I'm legally allowed to post now. Is that funny? Okay. <laughs> no, they can find me on Instagram under Sensual Energy Alchemy. <laughs> that's great. I will place your links below. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. This was so fun. Thank you for having me again. I always appreciate the conversations with you. They are fun. Yeah, definitely. And everybody, be sure to comment, like, subscribe to the podcast. Let us know your thoughts and have a great day. Bye.